pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. I remember when I was 16 years old, and my sister, who is five years older than I am, she gave me her 1985 Honda Accord because she was going to upgrade her vehicle while she was in college. I loved the freedom that my first vehicle gave me. I could share so many great memories that were made in high school with my friends because of the freedom that I had gained because of that vehicle. I'll never forget the amount of time that I spent bowling with a good high school friend by the name of David. He also had a vehicle. It was some sort of truck. <laughs> and if he were here listening to me, he probably would punch me because I just called it some sort of truck instead of honoring it with the proper name that it deserved. Now, I have no idea what kind of truck it was. It was a classic. And I remember the gear shifter was in the column there of the steering wheel. And um, it was a really cool truck. But for the life of me, I have no idea what brand it was or anything about it because I'm not a vehicle guy. I just don't care. I have no idea what it was. But I do know his vehicle and or my vehicle were used throughout high school in the later years so that he and I could go spend a egregious amount of time bowling. And uh, at first I used to beat him and then pretty much he frequently beat me pretty much every time. And uh, even after I graduated, David was a great fr uh, friend back then. We spent a lot of time together and distractions were a minimum. I mean, when we were together, we were kind of all in with one another. I mean, he was so much of a good friend that years later after graduating high school, he was part of my wedding. He was one of the groomsmen. I have another friend and ironically, his name was David as well, but he had a vehicle uh, in addition to my vehicle, but he was two years older than I was. So he graduated high school and we were still very, very close the two years after he graduated until I graduated. Regardless though, what we did with our free time was we would go to other churches on our church's off night. Now, let me explain. When I say our church's off night, I'm saying that our church did not have church on these specific evenings. So if he found out or if I found out that some pastor was preaching some revival meeting or missions conference or something like that, we would go together to those events. That's how we enjoyed spending time together is listening to preaching. I'll never forget the time that we drove to Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College and we heard Pastor Doug Fisher preach a message where he kept on saying, Toro baby, Toro baby. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I don't remember all the details and uh, of that message, but I'll never forget that. And multiple times we would go to that college, David and I, my youth pastor would take us as well, but we would do that. I remember listening to Pastor Jack Hiles one time, I think in Riverside or something like that here in California, and the building was so packed that David and I had to sit outside 
next to a window. I mean, it was just that packed. We didn't even visually see Pastor Hiles. But after he was done preaching, the invitation was extended. And, and for those of us that were outside, we just went forward to the grass and just made an altar right there. I mean, just remarkable memories I have with David. In fact, when I graduated high school, I was successful in begging him to go to Bible college with me. And I don't think he regrets that because it was at Bible college where he met and married his wife. I'm thankful that we were such good friends back then. And, and by the way, all of this was done with no real distractions. Another friend that was in high school, he also had a vehicle and I had a vehicle as well. And, and a lot of these things just kind of hinged around vehicles. But another friend that was in my wedding too, uh, his name was uh, not just David, okay, not this time. His name was Alan. He was a true friend, a dear friend, probably, if not one of my best friends, of course, he might have been my best friend in high school. I even named my son Abel after him. Now, again, I said his name was Alan, but his first name was Abel, Abel Allen. So Alan's dad in high school was very sick, and my mom in high school was as well. Well, his dad's, high, or his dad's uh, hospital was down in San Diego. Well, Alan would drive their minivan and his dad down to San Diego for his dad's doctor appointments. And from time to time, I would ditch school and go with Alan uh, to basically drop off his dad for his hospital. And they weren't just appointments. He stayed in the hospital for a day or two. And so during that time, we would stay in a hotel. We'd go to the beach and just do different things. We had some serious fond memories together. And we made all these memories together and many, many others without any real distractions. I mean, I can go on and on sharing memories with you about my high school friends. I, I'm tempted to go through all of the men that were groomsmen in my wedding for all of them. All of them have uh, a really a deep, deep place in my heart. I mean, just I'm, I'm a kind of sentimental guy and I, I kind of rehearse high school. I rehearse those memories. I love those men. And some of them, again, were in my wedding. I could go on and on sharing you these stories and these memories. And I, I do. I've got great memories of them. But I remember meeting Sherry. I remember spending time with my wife before she was my wife. I got to know her by getting the guys in the dorm to hook up with the guys in the girls' dorm from time to time just to uh, sing the hymns in each other's dorms. And the whole purpose of this was for an excuse for me just to see her, just to get to know her, to spend time with her. I mean, we also played co-ed volleyball together, and we spent so much time at her brother's apartment just being together. We had season passes to Six Flags Magic Mountain, and we spent time, I mean, the time, I remember multiple times going with her before we were married, and I remember being in line waiting to get on the ride, and could, I just could care less how long the lines were because I was spending time with her. I mean, after we got married, there was just more of the same, except for now we don't have chaperones. We don't have to worry about can someone go with us or can we be alone in a car? We didn't have to worry about that. We weren't courting anymore. We're now married. And we did all of these things without any real distractions. 
But with all of my relationships, something began to change somewhere in the ballpark of 2007. I mean, right around the time that Apple released their smartphone, the iPhone. Distractions were introduced into relationships. Inventions like social media would come later, but these other applications began to dominate the hearts and the minds of many. Instead of bowling without distractions, we now have to check on our news feeds between uh, turns. Instead of holding meaningful conversations on the way to a church meeting with my friend David, now, if I'm the passenger, I'm just sitting there flipping through my phone. Whether it's a 10-minute drive, a 30-minute drive, an hour drive, I'm just sitting there distracted. No longer am I having meaningful, meaningful, fun, uh, enjoyable conversations. I mean, the passenger in vehicles now is playing the latest trending game to get a new high score. Instead of looking into the eyes of our loved ones, we've replaced looking deep into their eyes to now looking at our iPhone. We're distracted. The word distracted is defined this way. Drawn apart. Drawn in different directions. Diverted from its object. Perplexed. Harassed confounded. Did you catch that? The word distracted means drawn apart. I believe I had much stronger relationships in high school than I do in my 40s for various reasons, but one of them is that we are so distracted anymore. One day, I'll probably do an entire episode on cell phones. I believe that they are properly named cell phones. Now, I know the word cell is short for cellular, but I believe it's more like a jail cell today. We're just so distracted. I mean, I'm in a restaurant right now typing this. The world is my classroom and my office is wherever I pull out my Bible and my laptop. So I'm in a restaurant right now and you've all seen, or sadly, You've been watched by someone who noticed a table filled with people who are all on their jail cell phones on some app, distracted. Again, they're drawn apart. They're drawn in different directions. Yes, they're in proximity together, but they're diverted from its object. The purpose of sitting at a table and breaking bread is to fellowship. But the, I look at this and I'm perplexed. I'm confounded. They're all distracted. In this episode, I want to encourage you to be with who you are with. Now, that may not be good grammar, but it's good teaching. <laughs> Put the jail cell phone down and just bowl. Put the jail cell phone down and enjoy the church service and the people of God after the service. Put the jail cell phone down and fall in love again and again with your spouse, the person you said that you vowed to forsake all others. I want you to be fully with who you are with. Just tonight after our church's prayer meeting, 
my oldest daughter, Chanel, she said, Dad, you need to schedule me for an hour meeting at a restaurant. I said, I'm going to one tonight to work on my podcast. And she said, I can come with you. And I quickly replied, no, because I'm going to go work. And I, I won't be able to give you, listen, I won't be able to give you my undivided attention. Pilgrims, when I take her tomorrow, I'm, tomorrow is when I promised her, when I take her tomorrow to lunch, I'm not going to be thinking about you my other children, my wife, my church, or my stupid jail cell phone. I'm going to give her my undivided attention. No laptop, no podcast, no sermon prep, no jail cell phone. I'm not going to get the high score in some dumb game. Nothing but eye contact, communication, and memories. She's 22. I feel like she was born just yesterday. I remember when she was born and, and the doctor uh, delivering the baby and I realized there's 10 fingers and 10 toes and, and it's a girl. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. We waited until the moment the baby was born and, and it's a girl. And I remember being so overwhelmed with all kind of emotions that I just literally laid down in that hospital and I went to sleep. I mean, she was screaming, and I wouldn't know that if we weren't recording, but I was asleep. She was screaming. My mother-in-law was there. Of course, my wife was there. She was screaming, getting her first bath and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, she's 22 years old now. And I remember like yesterday when she was born. And now, I mean, time has flown by. I don't want to be distracted and then wonder where the years have gone. Let me leave you with a verse, but let me share with you the context of when I learned this verse. We homeschool our children, and every year we attend an international student convention where our children compete in various educational and even musical categories. Well, the CEO shares with the theme, or excuse me, shares with us the theme and the theme verse for the upcoming school year. Last year, he introduced the theme and the verse, and I was a bit at a loss, to be honest. I mean, I hadn't really heard the verse before, and I honestly, because of ignorance of the verse, and I just had no idea what it meant, I wasn't really excited about the verse or the theme. After some study and hearing them preach the theme, I absolutely fell in love with it. This is the verse. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7 says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. And this was the theme that went along with Isaiah 50 verse 7. The theme was facing forward. Pilgrims, when we are distracted, we stop facing forward. We're drawn apart. We're drawn in different directions. We're diverted from our object. We're perplexed. We're harassed. We're confounded. Today, I want to encourage you to put the jail cell phone down. Turn off your laptop. Stop the music. Pause the movie. Look up. Face forward. 
and strengthen your relationships. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. I try to take walks throughout the day. I do have a bad back because of my military service and some other things, but I try to exercise in the midst of studying and just doing different things around the house or at the church or whatever life throws at me. And while I was on a walk a couple days ago, there was a father and a son throwing a baseball in the front yard. Now that's like rare out here in Los Angeles area. And while I was walking walking by, I looked at the dad, I pointed at the son and at himself, and I said, I love this. And he said, thank you. And he smiled because he knew what I was saying. As a dad, whatever was on that man's plate, he put the jail cell phone down. He turned off the laptop, no work. He stopped the music. He paused the movie and he faced forward. He took the opportunity to play. And this son, his son had to be in like third grade or younger. And he threw a baseball with him. Let me tell you something. It's hard to comfort yourselves together if you're together and your eyes are not on one another. You can't edify one another while playing on your cell phone. You can't do it. So I want to encourage you. Face forward. Set your face like a flint. Being distracted may have become an addiction and you may not even know it. The word addiction is defined this way. The act of devoting or giving up in practice. The state of being devoted. Maybe you're devoted to something more than you know. Take your cell phone and turn it off for one day. Could you? You and I have goals, no doubt. But how much closer to achieving those goals if we set our faces like a flint and face forward tomorrow? Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. How friendly is it to your friend if you remain distracted and devoted to your jail cell phone when they are... All they want and all they need is a friend, but not just a friend, a friendly friend, (laughs) one who is willing to give them their undivided attention, undistracted attention. I mean, a friend who's sitting there just wants to talk and he's staring at you playing on your phone. You're distracted. And quite frankly, you may be addicted. You may have replaced your friends, your relationships, your devotion to your spouse with a new devotion to your phone. I'd like to close with a revisit of Mary and Martha. Most of us are very familiar with the story, so I'll cut to the chase. Jesus came to their house, Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha did much, no doubt, to prepare for his arrival. But when Jesus arrived, Mary quit working and she sat at the feet of Jesus, minimizing or maybe removing completely any and all distractions. Well, Martha, as you know, she continued to be distracted 
with service. Notice what Jesus said to Martha after Martha expressed her frustrations about Mary just sitting there and not serving. Luke chapter 10 verse 42 says this, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Pilgrims, choose the good part. That baby's going to be 22 real soon. I'd encourage you, set your face like a flint. Fully be with who you are with. Don't sit with someone at a table and communicate on social media with someone else. Fully be with who you are with. Remove the distractions and never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims, and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.